0: Hi there, welcome back to the Equipoise podcast, where in 10 minutes or less each week we try to tackle something uh, that needs a little bit of balance, an area of discussion or, um, you know, a topic upon which uh, most Protestants historically disagree. Um, I say Protestants because that's where I camp out, and that's probably what I'll be discussing the most is Protestant-oriented issues. Today we're going to be talking about mutual submission, it's... it's uh, I think that the balanced point of view in this discussion ends up being quite countercultural in the modern West, particularly America. Uh, But, you know, let's just jump right in and see where this takes us. I'll lead by saying that with the exception of the Valentine's Banquet at our church, which I love for a hundred reasons, I'm not overly keen on the popular couples retreat style of church event. It's not that I haven't been married for a good while, I have, or that I can't take some vacation time to go, I could, or that I don't enjoy the special brand of blush-inducing banter and PG-13 rated risque repartee that takes place at these things. I totally do. That's my favorite part. Uh, but rather because events like these, marriage retreats, um, couples getaways, uh, Valentine's banquets, whatever, um, are for whatever reason particularly rife with out-of-context teaching. Now, now that might just be my own limited experience, okay? Maybe yours has been totally different. You know, we've had brothers so-and-so for the last 71 years. and it's been that. Great. I'm genuinely happy that your experience has not mirrored mine. But for me, listening to the brief devotional squeezed into the end of these things, you know, um, the obligatory mini-sermon forced into the end of this sort of event, has usually been so cringeworthy and eye-roll-inducing that I'm forced to imagine the keynote speaker or featured guest for these sort of events sitting there rifling through their Bible app on a Friday night looking for keywords like love or submission because they just got a reminder on their iPhone that they were scheduled for that, you know, uh, couples vent at uh, first baptist you know the next day or worse they're picking through their old files dusting off manila folders eyes rapidly darting back and forth scanning titles and categories until the holy grail is discovered love slash valentine slash mother's day <laughs> as if it wanted to be found it must be the holy spirit i'm sure now you might be inclined to say, come on, Michael, you're being a bit harsh, and you're probably right, but let me share one of these commonly abused passages with you, and you just might begin to commiserate. I'm talking about Ephesians 5.21, the big one. Paul just got done with a simple but robust set of instructions for the church at Ephesus in verses 1 through 20, and he says in verse 21 to do all this while submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So, Verses 1 through 20, do these things. Verse 21, do them while submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. He then spends the next chapter or so through chapter 6, verse 9, explaining exactly what he means. But there it is, Ephesians 5, 21. Now, you might say, you know, okay, Michael, I, I get it, you know, okay, but where, where's the great need for balance here? Well, it's fairly simple. In our brute force approach to the Bible, reading it as though it were written in conformity to our modern English vernacular... Um, many of us have really, really missed the point of Paul's prose here and have wandered into a nebulous misunderstanding of submission, known today as mutual submission, um, is based on this one verse alone. Now that should be a red flag in the first place. If you're basing a doctrine on just one verse, that's, I, I, I would just exercise a lot of caution there. Um, since the verse says submitting yourselves one to another, it must mean back and forth, uh, like a reciprocal or mutual submission. After all, my good old-fashioned strong concordance says that the Greek word alelon means mutual. So I guess we've got it all figured out. The husband submits to the wife in some ways, and the wife submits to the husband in some ways, and that's just what works for our family. But this literally couldn't be further from Paul's intent. Let me explain. This verse does not speak of a reciprocal submission or mutual submission as many think. It speaks of a proper hierarchy, introducing a list of sorts, an order to things, as is clear from the following verses Wives submit to your husband, children submit to your parents, servants submit to your masters. Paul also includes caution and instruction for the authority figure in each situation, the one being submitted to, right? Husbands, love your wives, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, masters, don't dehumanize those who are in your employ. You see, the term one to another can be understood in a couple different ways. If I was talking to two people today who are disagreeing and won't let the other get a word in edgewise, I'd probably say, listen to one another, or to borrow from the King James, listen one to another. That would make sense. I would be telling these folks to exchange ideas in a mutual setting where each takes turns talking and listening. But see, this is why context is everything. So let's change the setting. Let's say that I'm a consultant and I'm talking to a room with a local manager, his manager, his manager, and so on. And I would have say you are poised for great success. As long as you listen to and obey one another, it's going to be a great year. Dave, you listen to Harold. Harold, you obey Steve. Steve, listen to Deborah. Deborah, follow Scott's orders. Scott, listen to Bertha. And Bertha, do what Chip says to do. And then I give caution. Right Now, Harold, as Dave listens to you, you need to show that you care and do your part meaningfully. And Steve, as Harold reports to you, you need not overwork him. And Deborah, don't make Steve feel disrespected or dehumanized. And so on, right? No one in that room would think that I was telling the CEO, Chip, to submit to Dave, the frontline sales associate. And no one in that room would think that I'd be crazy enough to suggest that Deborah, Scott's administrative assistant, would be calling the shots for Bertha, Scott's boss. Not hardly. Context is everything. So, I mean, if you just hear, you know, submit yourselves one to another without context, well, then, you know, one... Probably could feel free to draw their own conclusion. But my point is that Paul spends the next entire chapter, um, you know, it's the space of a chapter, anyways, the rest of this one, and then up till 6 9, explaining what he meant by that, right? And what's more, check out the verbiage used in. Other times, submitting one to another, or just this phrase, one to another, is used in scripture. I mean, from Revelation chapter uh, 6, Acts chapter 19, verse 38, uh, Luke 12. Luke 12 is a great example. People stepping on one another. Uh, It's not talking about two people taking turns stepping on on each other, right? I'll step on you first, and you step on me here. I'll step on your leg, then you step on my arm. No, it's not reciprocation. It's talking about different people, uh, literally one on top of the other. (laughs) It's a a pretty rough scene, but that's still how the verbiage is used. Uh, Matthew 24, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 7. uh, We're not talking about uh, reciprocation. We're not talking about back and forth uh, here. And so in Ephesians 5 21 and 22, we're not being taught by Paul to submit to each other back and forth between husband and wife. Is rather establishing a structure or an order, you see. Uh, so context is everything, syntax is everything, and then the picture is everything. So if marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ and the church, and it is, um, then what fits better, this mutual back and forth submission between husband and wife? or an order of submission between husband and wife that Paul very clearly defines uh, all the way through chapter 6, verse 9. Wives submit up to the husband. Children submit up to the parents. Employees or servants submit up to the employees, employers rather, or ruler. Um, so in the relationship of Christ and the church, if we're going to argue for mutual submission between husband and wife, then you must mean, then, that there is supposed to be a mutual submission between Christ and the church. <laughs> Just saying that I almost wanted to wear a lightning rod on my head. I mean, it, it, the the idea is blasphemous that Christ would submit to us. Now, he serves us, right? He serves us. So so very clearly, very clearly, uh, those in authority have a lot more responsibility than just sitting around giving orders like a tiny dictator. No, we're to be like Christ, serving and loving and cherishing and protecting and developing and nurturing those under us. Absolutely. So there's no room to just go all gung-ho on the whole, well, my wife better obey me, and my kids better obey me, and my employees better serve me. No, 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 that's a power trip. You need to take some time to focus on your own obligations first, and you'll find that the other things actually flow pretty naturally. Anyways, in the end, if anybody thinks for a split second that Paul is advocating for a dissolution or undermining of the order of the home and society that he's worked so hard to teach in his letters and in person, you don't know Paul very well. He had very, very strong views on who leads in certain scenarios, and like him or not, those were his views. Uh, He didn't leave a lot of room for exception. And rightly so. Just as a quick time out, look around at our society. Has it really gone well since we left this structure of the home? Honestly, has it really worked out well for us? We're confused about pronouns, for heaven's sakes. Anyways, I hope today you've seen that there's absolutely no case for mutual submission in the Bible. Such an oddity would be contrary to everything Jesus and Paul taught. It'd be contrary to the context, the syntax, and the picture of Christ in the church. However, what we do find in Scripture, instead of reciprocity, is synchronicity. A delicate balance, a dance to be enjoyed in an authority and submitter relationship. And like a waltz, there can be only one leader and one follower. But it's the only way the waltz works. See, the Bible's not trying to ruin your life. It's trying to teach you how to dance. So until next time, stay balanced.